3: It is going to be raining and windy and ugly. Overdue. Oh, but we'll tell you later on, the Times once again runs a story, this will not get us out of the drought. In fact, they went one step further. We may never get out of the drought.
2: I saw that. Ever. I saw that. I laughed out loud. We'll never get out of the drought. Never. <laughs>
3: we'll read you from that ridiculous... Because it's deep. It's about the groundwater, guys. Uh-huh. The groundwater.
2: Right. It's, it's going to take uh, well, many lifetimes to replenish you know, the groundwater. They they, they kept insisting that everything was just going to get hotter and drier and hotter and drier. And then all of a sudden, we have the coldest, uh, wettest winter than we've had in years. And it's like, well, well, uh, the drought's not over. It's never going to be over. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah,
3: it's the same thing. They don't want. They want to change your lifestyle, so they yeah, don't want you to think you can is. use more water again.
2: That's what it is. They yeah. don't want you to have lawns and swimming pools and wash your washing your long car. showers. And- yeah, they don't want you enjoying life, and and they get smoked out every once in a while when uh, the real world happens. And the real in the real world, we have a really cold, rainy winter, and they don't know what to do.
3: We'll be talking to City Councilwoman Tracy Park after the news in one hour about the RV situation at the Bologna Wetlands on the west side. She made a visit there recently with a couple of officials. Good news. They may finally work on that. We're also going to play for you a great story from Fox 11. The largest concentration of RVs probably in all of L.A. County is not at the Bologna Wetlands. Find out where it is in this story. It's long, but it's worth listening to because it's really frightening and sick it's coming up later on this hour but we begin by bringing todd Benzman back to the john and ken show he has a new book overrun how joe biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in united states history and uh, todd is with the center for immigration studies senior national security fellow and he also served for a decade as intelligence officer for the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism
2: Division. Let's get Todd Benzman on. Todd, how are you?
1: I'm right here. Thank you. I'm
2: doing great. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. This book you have, it's called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in American History. One chapter was excerpted in the Washington Times uh, about, and and you you go in this chapter through the history of... What most prominent Democrats believed for decades regarding immigration T- take us through that because this is a recent phenomenon this 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 open borders ideology
1: that's right uh the mainstream democratic party coalition uh, has never uh promoted or at, or you know implemented policies like the ones that are being implemented now, which is to Uh, divorce the government from detention and deportation and enforcement of every possible stripe. Uh, Democratic uh, Party, uh, you know, politicians uh, uh, from one end to the other have always been pretty border hawkish, actually, by comparison. But what happened was there was this strong reaction against Donald Trump by the american left and 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 this in a short the short way to describe this is that uh they became crucial to the uh coalition that was necessary to uh to have joe biden emerge as the nominee from that big there's a big part a big group of you know 10 or 15 uh primary candidates so they really needed the far left fringe that held to the idea that there should be open borders and they emerged as the nominee and became president and in, res- and, and in response, uh, they were given the immigration portfolio. And so it is their policies uh, that we're seeing at the border now, which is to say that there is no enforcement. They pretty much abolished ICE, they uh, have Um, uh, uh, created ad hoc systems uh, without any basis in law to just let millions of people through and into the United States that's continuing to this day. Uh, And the the chapter that you're talking about, the excerpted chapter, is called The New Theologians, uh, Chapter 4 of Overrun, which goes through this elaborate uh, description and discussion of how this happened and who these people really are. Uh,
2: what they believe and why they're doing it, and and what is the belief system? What is the change that they're trying to make? I guess it it comes down to America is is an illegitimate nation because of its back its history.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 general ideology holds that you know the world should be a borderless place, and that the poor should be able to partake in uh you know the rich. Uh, luxuries and you know jobs and work and uh, prosperity and that borders are in the way and so uh, they've recast immigration policies and border uh, control systems as inhumane and uh, kind of akin to Jim Crow laws that need to be ignored because they're so immoral they're so deeply immoral that all humans should be able to go wherever they want, whenever they want, uh, and, and, and that anybody who is interested in enforcement or controlling the borders is a Nazi or a racist or something terrible. Uh, and that's generally what it is. Now, uh, there's a gratification that they are feeling. I mean, no, no Democrats, no Democratic politician has ever countenanced these policies uh, Barack Obama was known as the deporter in chief. Uh, he was uh, known for saying to detractors for his deportations, "Hey, it's the law. I'm president. I'm not a king. I can't. I can't just decide which laws to follow and which ones not to." That's mainstream democratic thinking and orthodoxy. Uh, what this is is something far, far outside of anything that American politics has ever seen. Uh, so I, I hope that kind of gets at it a little yeah, bit. Why?
2: Why does? Th- why did Biden buy into this? I mean, once he got elected, why did he actually allow these policies to be implemented? I mean, I have two theories about it.
1: Uh, I mean, I wish one day somebody would just ask him that. Uh, but even if they asked him that, I don't think he would answer it honestly. But uh, I think that the that the uh, people behind Biden saw that they absolutely needed. This fringe segment of the coalition to stay in po- to gain power and to stay in power, they just needed them. They couldn't alienate them, and one want- and I think they're still afraid of alienating that segment. Think of the Bernie Sanders kind of that block uh, that became very influential after 2016, and they still are very influential. And those are the people that run the immigration policy out of the white house now the advisors and then the other thing is you know i mean i don't think he wanted to alienate them but i also think that you know he's getting on in years and i think that there's a bit of a power vacuum there i don't think he's able to quite maintain kind of operational interest in everything going on around him and i think people are taking advantage of that
2: well, that's you yeah, know that's frightening <laughs> Like it would imply the job's overwhelming him and he just can't keep track of all this. So people in his administration are freelancing.
1: I don't think he understands really what's going on. He he's he's not I don't think he's quite all there. I mean, that's maybe informed speculation, but there's one other uh, factor at play here. And that is that the, the people that I'm talking about who are named in the chapter Uh, the people in power, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas at the top of the apex uh, structure there, Uh, they come from what I call the uh, migrant advocacy industrial complex, which which are the organizations that are nonprofit organizations, but they get hundreds of millions of dollars in federal contracts to help the government with this mass migration. It is in their interest it's an industry like any other industry
2: it's like the homeless industry out here in california well there you go and so i think that there's some
1: of this is ideology but some of it is just the good old-fashioned you know uh you know self-interest lobbying uh you know they're all making just tremendous gobs of money from this mass migration crisis resettling and helping uh, with covid uh management and uh, you know, put, putting everybody on buses and getting them situated with foster families. And, I mean, there's this whole range of services that they're being paid for uh, in government contracts.
3: All right, Todd, can you hold on? Sure. All right, Todd Bensman is with us, Senior National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies. Spent a long time looking at this. He was an intelligence officer for the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence, and Counterterrorism Division. The book that we're talking about with Todd is entitled overrun how Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in U S history. And you heard him run down part of the backdrop to this, how Democrats years ago were at least voting and saying things about border security, but that's all gone out the window with this president, Johnny Ken KFI AM 640 live everywhere. On the iHeartRadio radio app. We're Todd Benzman. The book is Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Todd is with the Center for Immigration Studies and spent a lot of time in Texas, knows quite well what's been happening and already talked about, you know, parts of his book where we look at the history of the Democratic Party, which used to talk and sometimes vote for border security. Uh, then Trump came along. And of course, Trump did what everyone thought was logical and rational he came to Border for Controls. And that's what uh, led the activists to pressure Biden to undo everything that Trump did. And uh, that has led to an incredible number of people coming into the country unabated.
2: Uh, Let's get Todd back on here.
3: Yeah, Todd, by the way, lately, Biden's... Do you think the American people are really worked up over this issue or just in certain parts of
1: the country? Well, I think that... Uh, It falls along partisan lines that, you know, Republicans tend to be uh, worked up over this issue uh, and that the uh, conservative media uh, covers it more than any other media. And, you know, when the information about what's happening down there reaches anybody, uh, it's very upsetting to actually understand what's really happening. And so the mainstream rest of the media doesn't really cover this this issue, and so a lot of the country doesn't have any idea about what's happening. I mean, the when the president speaks or Mayorkas speaks, head of DHS, they use coded words and kind of covering language like you know this is a border challenge, things like that. But I think that the uh, Democrats did not suffer terribly over the issue uh after the midterms not enough for them to change course and so they're sticking with it uh you know they've made some adjustments recently but the same number of people will still be coming over Uh, we should have somewhere between six and eight million new people in the country uh, by the end of the uh, biden term actually who came in from the
3: southern border I mean, put that in perspective, six to eight million people during this four-year Biden term? Yes. That's unprecedented, is it not?
1: It is uh, beyond anything in the American experience. I mean, the only thing that comes close to it really is Ellis Island. Uh, This is like a truly historic event, uh, which is, you know, really concerning when, when you consider that it's very rarely covered in depth. By the American media, I mean. The LA why is Times- that?
2: Why aren't they covering it more? I mean, there's certainly a lot of suffering that the immigrants are going through to begin with, with the cartels, all the money that has to be paid to get a ride or a path to Mexico, and then all the suffering for the children and the women and all the terrible things that happen to them along the way. Why well, that? That I would think that's tailor-made for a, a, a liberal media investigation.
1: that's right i think it falls again along partisan lines of kind of where the country is right now Uh, listen i was a uh journalist for 23 years uh classically trained i've got a master's degree in journalism an undergrad degree in journalism i work for major newspapers like the dallas morning news on staff so i know a little bit about what i'm talking about here and i i really just think that uh the You know, regular media is uh, populated by people on the Democratic side who hated Trump and uh, anything that is not Trump, they're going to protect. And listen, you know, this is such a major story. I mean, if you are an immigration reporter for a newspaper, this is the moon landing. This is like the invention of the wheel. This is the biggest story of your entire career that you will ever see It's a human interest story. It's a uh, domestic policy story. It's a foreign uh, affairs story. It's got everything. And it will have a permanent transformational impact on the nation for generations. It's just this is changing the country. You know, for better or worse, uh, you know, I'll leave that up to the historians. But there's no doubt that this is transformational If a Democrat wins in 2024 and continues this, you know, we're looking at, you know, another 20, you know, 10 or 20, altogether 20 million people. I mean, at some point, the country will need to look back at a book like mine to try to understand what happened here. Why did this happen? How did we let this happen?
2: And even protests from Democratic politicians like Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, seem to have no effect. On the the Biden administration, the, the New York mayor is, is protesting almost every other day.
1: That's right, but the list is of cities is growing longer by the day. Uh, Chicago, Denver, uh, you know, Washington D.C. They're declaring states of emergency because this is over. This is an unfunded, sudden surprise burden, and they can't handle the the numbers that are pouring into the cities. These are uneducated, unskilled uh, people who don't speak the language, and they need help. All of them need help. And so they're declaring emergencies and demanding federal bailouts. But they're not demanding that the source of the problem be fixed, which is these policies that have allowed everybody in, that reward everybody who makes it to the border with entry
2: Do you th- in, in Do you, the state. Just one more question. Do you think there's going to be a breaking point when I think of the thousands of children who don't speak English that are gonna be crammed into schools in a place like New York City where there is no room for them or just the billions of dollars that we're spending here in California and now we're headed towards a big deficit. Is there a breaking point where we don't have the money, we don't have the space, we don't have the jobs for these people and, and something's got to give. We have nowhere for them to live.
1: I think I think you're right. I think there is going to be a breaking point. Uh, the book overrun in my final chapter, I uh, present a, a detailed case study of what this looks like. There's a uh, Cleveland, Texas, independent school district in a remote uh, area of heavily forested East Texas, That was overwhelmed uh, in the last three, four, five years by 100,000 illegal immigrants with kids. And what it did to the school district and to the the community that it hit is just astounding. Uh, You can read about that. Uh, That's one school district, but I believe, and I say so in the book, that this uh, level uh, of impact is happening at school districts all across the country. You just never hear about it. Nobody covers it. Uh, You'll only read about the Cleveland, Texas, Independent School District in my book, the last chapter. It's just nobody. It's an incredible story of environmental destruction and clear-cutting of forests and of the local um, towns, uh, populations fleeing and moving to other places. And, I mean, it's really, I think that this is a microcosm of what's already happening in the country. It's going going to be seen and felt in the schools for sure.
2: Well, Todd, thank you very much. I'm going to buy your book right now on Amazon. Overrun.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
3: Todd Benzman, overrun how Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in history. Todd, of course, is with the Center for Immigration Studies. Thanks for coming on. All Uh, right, John and Ken, KFIAM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Yes, we stop and remind you that the moist line is on its way back Friday. Good name for it this week, right? Moisture, it's coming. All right, you can uh, leave a message using the iHeartRadio app. The microphone icon is a simple way to do that. Call the toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Next hour, we're going to be talking to uh, Councilwoman Tracy Park about the situation on the west side in the Bologna Wetlands Ecological Reserve area. That's all the RVs that have been parked there. Recently, a guy died in an RV fire there. (laughs) She also made a visit, Tracy did, with a couple of officials from Fish and Wildlife and a state senator. She's going to talk about all this coming up after the news at 3 o'clock. It may mean that maybe they can finally do something. Because you know what? While tents and homeless encampments are difficult, these RVs are even tougher to get out because they're sort of considered some type of shelter. It,
2: well, they were it goes pre- down a really weird road. They were protected during the stupid lockdown, and none of the RVs uh, could be removed. You, you couldn't tow them. That was the city ordinance. You can only tow them if it was clear no one was living in them. And, and these people who, by the way, they're the, they're the worst. Uh, you know, we have lots of drug addicts. Uh, lots of alcoholics, and they dump all their sewage that they collect in their RV into the wetlands or on the street. No, yeah. this is what I, I can't believe—they're allowed to live out in the open and, and, and get engage in all their addictions and and their mental illness, and then dump all their human waste and garbage into a protected preserve. I, I I've never seen this insanity, and you don't hear a peep, not a peep from all those fake, phony environmental groups in L.A.? Well,
3: as bad as the Bologna wetlands is on the west side, you're not going to believe this next story. It's from Fox 11. They went to a place where there's more than 500 of these lining the streets of Los Angeles County. This is not a place that I have been to, John, Harbor Gateway. I don't know it very well. But holy mackerel, here comes a story from Fox 11 reporter Haley Winslow
0: a man on a mission with nothing to gain led by his heart
4: this is human waste
0: this is david matthews day every day
4: we spend the first six hours of our day going through and reporting the illegal dumping
0: today though the community advocate started before the sun rose with a sixth homeless rv fire in 30 hours
4: our fire station now has to bring water to many of the fires that they go to because they cannot access the fire hydrants because the rvs are blocking the fire hydrants
0: Lined along the streets for miles are more than 500 homeless RVs. This is LA but looks more like a third world country. A small part of the area is Harbor Gateway, unknown to most that shares zip codes with Gardena and Torrance. The large majority of these RVs are parked in unincorporated LA County, bleeding into East Gardena, West Rancho Dominguez, Compton and Willowbrook.
4: Everything kind of overlaps itself, so this is the perfect spot to have the Wild West.
0: Trashed out, broken down homeless RVs, blocking sidewalks and lanes of traffic, infested with filth, drugs weapons and crime
2: it's crazy around here
0: from broadway to 140th to redondo beach boulevard derelict boats surfboards and trailers where puppies roam free parking's free and rules don't apply
4: a few individuals that charge 50 or 75 dollars to take the septic out to take the waste out of the septic tanks in the rvs and then they're disposing of that waste into the storm drains
0: some homeless fires here are accidents others payback like this one captured on surveillance. The burned out RVs just become part of the roadside decor. This one on 135th burned down four months ago. It's still here in front of it exposed electrical wires run along the sidewalk where the homeless steal power by hardwiring their RVs into this traffic light. Across the street, the Song family, like the other 12,000 who work around here, tries to run business as usual at the L.A. Garden Center.
4: We're trying to see if we can help them out and stuff like that, but it's just been really tough to uh, work around them.
0: The campers have a bunch of
2: pictures of cartoons and stuff.
0: It's very smelly and makes me sad that they have to live there. Just as we're leaving the garden center, right in front of our camera, this homeless man falls to the concrete and his mouth fills with blood. He hit his head on the brick wall when he tripped running with a drink. We called 911 and tried to stop the bleeding. Firefighters and paramedics quickly arrived and took him to the ER. Around the corner in Rosewood isn't any better. A near fight over accused snitching with no intention or desire to leave this lifestyle. It's a
4: blessing
3: because I want a peace of mind. That's my freedom.
0: Jose Sanchez says his next door neighbor who lived in this RV, still parked here, died of an overdose last month. And back in October, HAZMAT responded to almost 40 barrels of wood glue seeping into the storm drain. Doreen Campos says it was an accident by her ex-husband, a carpenter, now homeless. With a taser in her back pocket, she visits him often to help. I what, he doesn't have anybody else. I had three kids with him. I've never seen him this bad in, you know, in his life. Matthews offers his assistance as well. A lot of the homeless out here know and trust him and even invite him inside.
4: We've got rat-infested RVs that have hundreds of rats everywhere.
0: The 57-year-old moved here from Pasadena six years ago. With some savings as a private chef, he quit at the start of COVID to form the Harbor Gateway Chamber of Commerce. He doesn't make any money, but earns what he holds more valuable, a sense of purpose in fulfilling the promise he made to help his new community, not only the outraged residents, but the homeless. Matthews met Fabiola Robles, who quit her accounting job in August to voluntarily help him full time. Me and my family,
2: decided to do community cleanup So we started doing that every Saturday. And from there, I learned how complicated our jurisdictions were and how much of a need we had to help our community just with keeping it clean, simple trash pickup.
4: The majority of RVs are being rented. So the rent, if you don't pay your rent on time, they're basically burning you out.
0: Who are they renting from?
4: They're renting from unknown individuals that apparently own the bulk of these RVs that are on the street.
0: Along with about a dozen volunteers, the two advocates did a homeless count last month. The findings staggering. 552 homeless RVs in 6 square miles.
4: There's 65 kids in 7 RVs in one area. And why? That's the that's the million dollar question.
0: 425 of these RVs lie within a six mile radius and 10% of them are on LA city land. The other 90% fall within unincorporated LA County, which makes solving this crisis even more challenging. Matthews only represents that one tenth of the area, but says he's trying to help everyone here and needs a lot more support.
4: These are people who need our help and we can't just say someone else is gonna do it. There isn't someone else. It's gotta start from within the community.
0: A man of his word, striving to do all in his power to help the housed and unhoused, so everyone in the community can have peace and feel safe at home.
3: Uh, I tell you, did you watch this? I did. I was watching it. Oh as, my god! I never realized there was uh, something like this in LA I, County. Uh, I realized because it's unincorporated area. That's what makes it like nobody cares,
2: right? Well, it's Holly did you see Mitchell the part two It's Holly of Mitchell's. It, 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 that's she's the that's supervisor. Supervisory yeah. district, right? So it's her responsibility. And I believe
3: a lot of them are undocumented that are living in these
2: RVs. Uh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you got a mix of uh, all kinds of uh, demographics there. And you've got, I mean, I saw some of those people that that they're crazy. Uh, They're drug addicts. I saw their faces. You saw the way they act, the way they look. It's clear that these people are out of their mind. They can't be reached. Oh, my God. I have You really got to go to Fox 11. Because you've got to see it. This is one of those things you've got to see. Yeah, by Haley Winslow is the reporter.
3: Oh. And it's about a five-minute video, and it is unbelievable. I mean, 500 RVs. That Again, this is an area a lot of you probably don't know called Harbor Gateway, unincorporated L.A. County, that southern-western section, I guess. Uh, it it bleeds into East Cardina, West Rancho, Dominguez, Compton, Willowbrook. I think these are areas where the residents, wherever they are around there, don't really care.
2: So, I I, I mean, I can't imagine living anywhere near this.
3: Trashed out, this, broken down RVs for the homeless.
2: It, in it's, sidewalks it's, and lanes of traffic. It's so disgusting. There is so much garbage and debris. The people look so crazy. It's like the end of civilization. Yeah. I can't imagine what it all smells like. And I'm thinking all oh, human waste. Did you see the statement they put in the
3: story from Mitchell's office? We've been actively communicating with the and there are challenges in the community due to RV encampments. Yeah, it's boilerplate nonsense. It's garbage. We've sent out
2: teams to engage. Holly Mitchell doesn't care. Doesn't care about these people. Doesn't care about anybody who lives anywhere near this. Doesn't care or it wouldn't exist that is about as filthy and disgusting a, a, a region I have ever seen in my life that is foul how do I I mean, how can that possibly be there used to be a day if you couldn't
3: afford a place in a neighborhood you went somewhere else now people just pull up an RV and
2: park well they see years. they see 500 others and, and what's what did that guy say the guy's trying to help 65 kids. Yeah, among seven, seven RVs, RVs, RVs right. I read that line in the printed story, and I'm thinking, well, it's obviously a typo, right? And then, no, that's really what he said. He really, the, they really, 65 kids and seven. How is that even possible?
3: That's David Matthews. He's the Harbor Gateway Community Advocate, but this is the guy that moved down from Pasadena
2: and does this voluntarily. I I don't know what you can do. I, I mean, you you need like the military to come in here. All right. and, and Holly Mitchell is, is not the answer. It's amazing how bad these local politicians are, how how just absolutely horrific they are at their jobs. Oh
3: after God. three, we'll talk about the RV encampment on the west side of the Bologna wetlands in Playa del Rey in that region where a man actually died in an RV fire over the weekend. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, Tracy Park will be joining us after the news. She's the Council District 11 council member representing... John Cobalt took over from Mike Bonin, and she made a visit to the West Side's Bologna Wetlands Ecological Reserve, where there has been a huge number of RVs. I see all these burnt-out buses there. She'll give us the latest on what they plan to do. She went there with officials from Fish and Wildlife and also a state senator. It's coming up after 3 o'clock. Well, of course, this is the, uh, I guess it's appropriate to talk about in between the RV encampment down in Harbor Gateway and Tracy coming on next hour about the Bologna Wetlands. We're going to Studio City. Here's a story from KTLA reporter Mary Beth McDade about he's supposed to be a homeless guy who looks to hang out in broad daylight, a nude, semi-nude, touching himself. Quite the collection of things here, let's listen.
5: These are disturbing images of a man spotted on the streets of Studio City and up in Fryman Canyon touching himself inappropriately in a public place. Concerned citizens, too afraid to reveal their identities say, when he's been seen up in Fryman Canyon, he's often completely naked. It's been some weird guy touching himself and exposing himself to hikers. Most of the time women And it seems to be happening in the trail, most in the secluded areas of the trail. She says people have been posting their concerns about this guy on an Instagram page she created. And he's touching himself and he's exposing himself and he does not seem to be concerned about people watching him. She says he's a young Latina guy, about 5'9", with dark short hair and a mustache, and carries a military type backpack. We're told this video was shot on Sunday on Laurel Terrace Drive near Woodhill Canyon Road. On Sunday, I was walking in the neighbor because I live close by, and I saw him here where we are right now with a chair, all his belongings, and he was touching himself right here in front of this residence. She fears his lewd acts will become more aggressive. As a woman who has been attacked before, I believe this individual is going to escalate and get worse if he's already doing a sexual act. He might have sexual needs and he might attack us. And I'm a woman who runs the canyon by myself. Other hikers tell us they're concerned for the children in this family-friendly community. And they're now too afraid to go hiking up in the hills by themselves.
3: This is endangering uh, kids on their way to school, on the way back from school. I mean, it kind of scares me that a place that I always go hike with my dog is now dangerous
5: and that woman tells us that the LAPD is now finally involved in this case I did reach out to the lead officer who's handling it to find out where things stand with the investigation but I've yet to hear back
3: that's from uh, Channel 5 Mary Beth McDade the still pictures that they put on the website yeah, he wears nothing but shorts. He just lies back. Sometimes he has a little camping chair that he unfolds. Well, he's lounging like he's at the beach. And his hand is right down his shorts in the front there. Yeah, so he spends the day pleasuring himself. Yeah, and he enjoys, I guess, people walking by and seeing him. This yeah, is Nithya...
2: pictures doesn't bother him. Nithya Raman's district. It is? Yeah. Yeah, Studio City is Nithya Raman. Well, um,
3: <laughs>
2: not surprised. He's described as a transient. Well, of course he is,
3: but he seems to be around.
2: uh, He has a wife and three kids, and he's got an office job. (laughs) This is what he does all day. This is Uh, what he does all day.
3: Young Latino man. He's got the player like mustache that
2: kind of droops down, like the real. Yeah, he's a player. right, he's playing all day. He's playing all night. He's. You can watch him play. This is
3: uh, how some people uh, busy themselves all day. I'm just going to lie around and wait to see some women come by. Isn't
2: the last two stories just overwhelming, unbelievable? And and by the way, I they were broadcast yesterday. Did you see any news stories, any reaction from anybody in elected office? Where's Karen Bass? Where is she? Well... Nothing from Nithya Raman, nothing from uh, Holly Mitchell, nothing, nothing. Just just silence. And in a day, everybody will forget the story.
3: Exactly. Right. It gets attention because it gets hits because it's a crazy video to watch and interviews, and I can't can't
2: believe that RV encampment. You know something? There are uh, obviously plenty of countries and plenty of cities with a lot of poor people. There are not many places in the world like this where a guy can sit in public, nearly nude, and sexually pleasure himself all day.
3: Yeah, and the criminal justice system, they get him, he'll be out. Really, no no case. It's a misdemeanor. Public lewdness. All right, coming up next, Councilwoman Tracy Park will be our guest. The Mike Bonin seat in the council district she just took over a couple of months ago. She has made a visit, along with some officials, to the Bologna wetlands on the west side, where there is also a huge... ROV Encampment. She'll talk about it. John and Ken, KFI, AM 640. Live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And
2: Deborah Mark, live in the 24 hour KFI newsroom.
5: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
4: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
2: Wait! Did we just invent California?
4: Discover why
5: California is
2: the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
5: Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.